I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Hey, y'all. Welcome to the Girlfriend's Guide to Sports podcast. My name is Claire Coles, and this is your weekly update. It's Monday, February 21st, the final week of the Olympics. Let's get started with what you missed over the last week, and then we'll go on to what to watch this upcoming week in the world of sports. Okay, so today we're going to cover NCAA men's basketball, the NBA, some golf, and obviously a lot of Olympics. Okay, so not as crazy of a week in NCAA but we did have some upsets on the men's basketball side. Tuesday got the week started with number four, Kentucky, losing to number 16, Tennessee, after the Vols racked up 46 points in the first half. Number 10, Villanova, put up the same points upon number eight, Providence. And number 19, Michigan State, lost to Penn State after being tied at half. Number 22, Wyoming, slipped from the rankings after losing to unranked New Mexico. Number seven, Baylor got upset by the number 11 Red Raiders after a killer 51-point second half. Number 12, Illinois lost badly to Rutgers, 70-59. to That was on Wednesday. Then we made it all the way until Saturday for the next upset in the top 25. But it was a big one. Number two, Auburn lost in a close one against Florida. Number 25, Alabama lost to number four, Kentucky, who bounced back well. Number 11, Texas Tech continued to roll, beating another ranked team, this time being the number 20, Texas. Number 19, Michigan State had a rough week, losing for the second time to number 12, Illinois. Number 16, Tennessee may have beaten the Mighty Wildcats on Tuesday, but then lost to number 23, Arkansas, on Saturday. Arkansas is now ranked due to their huge upset against Auburn. Number 18, Ohio State lost to Iowa, who made it into the top 25 with that win. So a lot less losses in the top 25 this week, but... As we get closer to March Madness, this is getting intense. 
This weekend was the all-star game for the NBA, and Team LeBron came out on top, winning 163-160 to over Team Durant. But the highlight and who got the MVP was Steph Curry, as he set an all-star game record with 16 three-pointers, scoring over 50 points in the game. Ironically, the game was held in Cleveland, and LeBron hit the game winner in front of the Cavaliers crowd. Chris Paul is injured and has not come at a worse time for the Suns. They do lead the West with 48 wins, six more than the Warriors who sit in second. But still, the West has three teams with over 40 wins, while the East has none. There won't be any games this week until later in the week due to the All-Star break. It was Tigers tournament this weekend with the Genesis Invitational in L.A., and the 23-year-old Chilean Joaquin Neiman started the weekend in record fashion, shooting two 63s in the first two rounds. That was a new 36-hole record for the Genesis. He then led wire to wire to win by two over Colin Morikawa and Cameron Young. His final score was 19 under par. Moving on to Olympic news, the Beijing Games have officially come to a close. The torch is out, and the next Winter Games will be in Milano Cortina in Italy in 2026. So let's go over final medal count and how Team USA did. So Norway won not only the most golds with 16, but also the most medals total with 37. The next team on top of that was the ROC was next with 32, followed by Germany with 27 and Canada with 26, then the United States with 25. The USA medal count total was eight golds, 10 silvers, and seven bronzes. That's what combined to make that 25. Now, how does that usually relate to how we've done in previous Winter Games? Comparatively, the United States had nine golds in Pyeongchang, so this is one less but only had 23 medals total, so it's two better. The most medals ever won in one Olympic Games for Team USA was in 2014 Sochi when they came home with 28. So not a bad amount of medals. Compared to last week, there's actually not a whole lot of gold medals to go over, though. There was only one more that we won this week, so clearly Team USA did better <laughs> in the first half of the Games. However, we did take one and two in men's ski slope style. Alex Hall only needed one run to secure his gold with a score of 90.01. Nick Goper repeated his silver, making him a medalist in the last three Olympics. So even though those were the only golds, I do have a couple of major storylines to go over anyway. Michaela Schifrin skied out of yet another slalom run. This time it was in the Alpine combined event which means she came down the downhill first so it's one run of each and she came down the downhill in fifth which was extremely fast for her she was fastest in the training runs leading up to it she came down in fifth that is a great position because the four women in front of her were fast skiers not skill skiers so when she went to take gold in the slalom run and put those two times combined and then she skied out after about the 11th gate so that's about six gates later than she did in the individual slalom but this just was not 
her Olympics. So hopefully she has come out and said that she will compete in 2026. Looking forward to Milano Cortina. It's one of her favorite uh, venues to race at. So hopefully we can only wish that she'll come back and that she will vindicate herself from this Olympics, needless to say. Just some other Team USA headlines. The men's curling team lost to Canada in the bronze medal match, so no medal there. Women's hockey lost to Canada, so they did take silver because that was in the gold medal match, but Canada did manage to win both games that they played us in. Team USA men's ski halfpipe, we got second and third, including two-time reigning gold medalist David Wise and then Alex Ferreira, who I highlighted both before the games. So that was a nice showing, although the New Zealander Kiwi ended up winning. But And then Jessie Diggins got two medals at these games. She was the first to do so in the sprint distance and the 30-kilometer mass start. To make it even more ridiculous, she had food poisoning the night before the 30 kilometer. That was also the final event of the Olympics. So she was given her medal during the closing ceremonies. On to some other teams' major storylines, and oh my God, was there some drama. So obviously, women's figure skating was going to be crazy with all of the positive tests and doping that was around Velieva and the ROC figure skaters. But man, it came to a pinnacle for the free skate so Valieva went into the free skate in first after the short program and then she fell apart she fell on almost every jump and came off the ice sobbing and her coach greeted her saying you made a mess of that one so yeah super helpful for the Russian coach her counterpart, Sherbakova, won gold, however, and Truskova got silver. They were looking for a Russian sweep. However, if Valieva had ended up on the podium, there would not have been a medal ceremony. Although there pretty much almost wasn't one. Anyway, Truskova landed five quads in her free skate. That is the first time that has ever happened in the women's competition. But even I could tell her performance lacked artistry, and thus how she ended up getting silver compared to Sherbakova. She did have a temper tantrum after Valieva's performance, however, and we didn't know whether it was because of what happened to her teammate or because she was pissed that she got silver. So she actually delayed the entire medal ceremony. It was horrible. She said things like, I hate this sport, flipped everybody off on the podium. It was just lovely. So I will say surprising to even have a medal ceremony, because Valieva missed the podium completely, she ended up in fourth, and Japanese skater Sagamoto took bronze, and she was at least happy to be there. Also, there was no one to hug the gold medalist after about eight minutes after she found out she got the gold, which is just absolutely unheard of, supposed to be the best moment of her life, and she had no one. So it was just a crazy ending to what, frankly, shouldn't have ended up even happening. Belgium got its first Winter Games gold in 74 years in the men's mass start for cross-country skiing. Germany won all but one sliding gold medal, so thank you, Callie Humphreys, for being that gold for the United States. The women's 1,500-meter final B was the weirdest ending to a race I've ever seen. Basically, a skater went out early and lapped the entire field, and then everybody ended at different times. It was the weirdest thing I've ever seen. 
Italy's Sofia Goja, who was injured a couple of weeks ago and could barely make it back in time to ski the Alpine events, came back to get silver in the downhill. That was pretty amazing. And obviously, if you have watched any Olympic coverage, you have seen China's golden star, Eileen Gu, who is one of the biggest stars of these games. She is American, but competed for China, as that is her mother's heritage. She also does speak Mandarin and goes to Beijing every year. She won three medals at these games, including two golds and one silver. She is the first person to medal in all three events in one games. Now, she did choose to compete for Communist China, so take that as what you will, but she did make $35 million in sponsorships for companies including Tiffany's, Oakley's, Visa, and Louis Vuitton. To finish it out, Finland won their first men's hockey gold, and that pretty much puts a cap on these Olympic Games in Beijing. So we'll have to wait till Milano Cortina for the next one. So let's go over what to watch this upcoming week. So we have no NBA games on pretty much until Thursday due to the All-Star break. But then we have a lot on TV. So we've got two on Thursday at 6.30 and 9 on TNT. Then on Friday, we have two at 6.30 and 9 on ESPN, including the battle for L.A. between the Clippers and the Lakers. That will be on at 9. Saturday night, we have the Nets at the Bucks at 7.30 p.m. on ABC. That will be a great game. And on Sunday, we have four games televised. The 76ers at the Knicks at noon on ABC. The Jazz at the Suns at 2.30 p.m. on ABC. And then we have two on Sunday night at 6.30 and 9 on ESPN. As far as men's basketball goes, we don't have a ton of ranked first ranked games this week. The first one is on Thursday, number 22, Ohio State at number 15, Illinois at 8 p.m. on Fox Sports 1. Then only one game at all for the ranked teams on Friday. And then on Saturday, we obviously have a packed lineup. A couple of ranked first ranked games, number 6, Kentucky at 18, Arkansas at 11 a.m. on CBS. Staying in the SEC, number three, Auburn at number 17, Tennessee. That will be at 3 p.m. Then we also have number five, Kansas at number 10, Baylor at 7 p.m. on ESPN. And number one, Gonzaga at 23, St. Mary's at 9. That is the only ranked first ranked games this week. But there's obviously a lot of other ranked teams that are going to play all throughout the week. And that will be available on the blog. The PGA Tour goes to the Honda Classic, which is home for Brooks Kepka. That will be Thursday through Sunday, like normal, on Golf Channel at 1 p.m. And then on the weekends, it will be at 2 p.m. on NBC because the Olympics are off now. We have a couple hockey games being televised as well. Wednesday, the Oilers at the Lightning at 7.30 p.m. on on TNT. And the Kings at Coyotes at 9 on the same channel. Then Thursday, the Capitals at the Rangers at 6 p.m. on ESPN. And on Saturday, we have one on Mainstream Cable on ABC, the Rangers at the Penguins at 2 p.m. We then have a couple of Premier League games as well this week. And then we have... The USATF for track and field indoor championships will be Saturday and Sunday. That will start at 2 p.m. on CNBC. That wraps it up for me this week. Like I said, Olympics coming to an end. These podcasts will get back to being short and sweet. As I won't have as much cover, we'll go focus on basketball since that season is coming up. 
Um, but obviously go check out the blog if you want any other further details and hope to catch y'all next week.